Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Podcast. I am your host, Dan Capril, where each and every week we attempt to take what some view as being complex and make it simple because personal finance, in my opinion, is not nearly as complicated as we are often led to believe. And as a result, if we can simplify things, we're much more likely to make fewer mistakes. So each and every week, we'll be sharing with you insights on the world of personal finance, and I thank you for joining. Today, I want to get into, for those of you who are still working, I want to talk about your 401k plan. This is the the vehicle through which most Americans today are saving for their retirement. It is a, a change from the traditional way. Traditionally, and I say that in the sense of over the last maybe 100, 120 years or so, when people worked for a company for a very long time, they very often received pension plans. If you got a job with a good company, a big company, you worked with that company for most, if not all of your life. And then when you retired, you would receive a fixed amount that would send to you every single month for the rest of your life. And if you wanted it to pay to your spouse, you could do that, you get a lower payment. And there are still some of these plans out there. There are about 19% of the population has a traditional pension plan, but they are quickly becoming fewer and fewer. In the private sector, uh, non-government sector, they're almost non-existent. Most of the people today who have real pension plans usually either worked with, with a union or they were a government employee, something along those lines, school teacher, etc. The reason for that is simply because pension plans are very expensive and they're very difficult to maintain because people are living a lot longer today than they used to. So unlike the old days where you might have somebody work at the mill and then he would retire at 65 and live to his early 70s, now we have people living well into their 80s and 90s. And if you have to continue to pay that pension plan, well, it becomes a financial burden. And it's something that most corporations didn't plan for. So they created the 401k plan. The 401k plan is essentially a savings plan where you and hopefully your employer put money in. Now, your employer is not required to put money in. So if he does, that's great. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. You should, because if for any other reason, the money that you put in does not get taxed. And depending on how you structure things, it might not even get taxed when you retire. Traditionally, when you put the money in, the idea is I'm putting the money in when I'm working, so I'm in a higher tax bracket. And the hope is that when I'm retired, I'll be able to pull it out because I think I'll be in a lower tax bracket. That's an assumption that may not hold. You have to be careful about that. We talk a lot in this show about the possibility of tax rates rising in the future, not because of even current budget issues. It really has more to do with the demographical shifts that we are seeing here as a country that people are getting older. And as they're getting older, there's a need for more and more money for entitlement spending, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And while I do believe that lowering taxes can be a good thing for the economy and can ultimately drive more treasury revenue, I worry that it may not be enough given uh, the aging of the baby boomer. So as long as baby boomers are around, there's gonna be an issue there. All right, so some of the issues that often come up with 401k plans, and I wanna um, explore these with you. Very often, employers will say, look, here's the plan, here's the information, figure it out. Figure out what you wanna do, figure out what sub-accounts you wanna be in. And for our clients, we work with them very carefully to help them pick those sub-accounts. It's very important that you not be picking your accounts based on what you know Barney and accounting has to say. Barney and accounting has absolutely no idea what markets are gonna do in advance. And yet, looking at what your coworkers do is a very common strategy when it comes to picking sub-accounts. Don't do that. 
Nobody knows what markets are going to do before they do them. Employers are starting to recognize that. And in fact, employers are realizing that they are somewhat vulnerable because they serve as the trustee of these accounts. So they feel that they need to start giving their employees access to professional advice. And now you're starting to see more and more 401k plans offer that. So for a fee, you can have a company, in essence, manage your 401k plan. Does it make sense? Depends. Obviously, I don't want to paint this broad brush over everybody and say, well, if your employer offers it, you should take it. By the same token, there are some out there that will employ what they like to call tactical asset allocation strategies, which is another term for market timing, which I'm not a fan for at all. It's also very important to, to see what the fee is. Usually, most employer plans have some type of diversification model that you can work with. Understand the older you get, the more logical it is that you incorporate fixed income into the portfolio so that you are creating a more consistent rate of return over time. If you are younger, remember that volatility is actually your friend. As long as volatility in the long run swings upward, the fact that markets could go down the short run if you're young isn't really a problem because you can buy more shares at a cheaper price. You can dollar cost average into those. So it's important that you understand how your model must be best for you. But please do not build your asset allocation model based on what you think is going to happen in the next 12 months. You're not going to know that. But if you've got all your money just sitting in one account, I would suggest that's probably not proper as well. The best advice I can give you on how to allocate this is give me a call. Give me a call. We'll talk about it. 513-563-7526 is our number. And I'll be more than happy to um, give you some insights on things you might want to look at. Now, obviously, if you're a client, we're providing this for you. And if you don't think we've, we've looked at it recently, which I hope that's not the case, but if you reach that conclusion, please give us a call. Let us look over those accounts for you and give you some insights. All right, another thing that comes up very often with 401ks is the issue of loans. Should I borrow money from my 401k? Well, the, the short answer is no, you shouldn't, simply because yes, it's your money, but understand you are taking money out of your portfolio. And so in essence, you are going to lower your rate of return simply because you don't have your money sitting in your portfolio. So imagine if over the, you know, 2017, if you had taken a big loan, you would have missed a huge run-up on earnings on your portfolio. During that time, your money was sitting out. So if you can find other ways than, than borrowing from your 401k plan, I strongly recommend that you, you explore that. Understand also that you're going to have to pay that money back with after-tax dollars. So you might borrow 50000 but you're going to have to earn about 75000 in order to pay that 50000 back because you don't get to pay it back with pre-tax. You get to pay it back with after-tax dollars. It really can hurt your plan over time if you take loans. Don't buy into this myth that you're just borrowing from yourself. Well, if you are borrowing from yourself, just understand you're, you're taking money from the thing that's performing the best. Now, look, if, if this is the only way that you can access the money and you really need it, then fine. If someone's in a dire situation, I never stand in their way. But if it's for something that you really don't need, and with budgeting, you could get around having to borrow, then please do yourself the huge favor and budget. Sometimes I'll see people so eager to pay off their debt that they'll pull money out of the 401k. Look, there's a lot of ways that you can structure that debt and pay it off without having to pull money out of your 401k account and miss the possibility of getting a good rate of return. Again, not sure how? 
give me a call. I'll be more than happy to discuss it. Just had a couple in here a couple weeks ago. It's exactly what we did. Young couple. And uh, we sat down and looked at number of debts that they had. And we just showed them how by budgeting, very simply, they're going to have that thing paid off in a year. And they felt really relieved when it was all done. That The situation wasn't nearly as dire, but pulling out of the plan was not the way to go. 401k rollovers is a very common question I'll get. I've left my company. Should I roll the 401k out to an IRA? Often, I, I do recommend that. I mean, I think the simple answer is probably you should simply because there is probably no investment in the company 401k that you could not get on your own by rolling it out. And since 401k plans typically have some internal fees, you could avoid those fees. Now understand that if in rolling it out, you're gonna hire a money manager, well now you are gonna be picking up an expense that you weren't having necessarily when the money stayed in the plan. So just understand that. But if it's an apples to apples comparison, maybe you've got money in your 401k sitting in a series of Vanguard funds and you can move that money to a, um, a Vanguard account and be in the same funds, it might be actually cheaper to do so. Just make sure though that you have a good investment strategy to go along with that rollover, that you're not just using that money to time the market, you know, those types of things. Target date funds, I get a lot of questions about that. I've, I've got a variety of target date funds in my 401k. Should I invest in them? I'm not a huge fan of target date funds, largely because the target date uh, that they pick isn't necessarily custom to you. The idea behind target date funds is they will put you in a series of stocks and bond mutual funds. And as you get older, they'll put more and more into fixed income. In theory, it sounds right, but that allocation may not be appropriate for you given when you want to retire, the amount of money you want to retire on, et cetera. It's a very cookie cutter. Now, I will take a target date fund over not having any diversification at all. You know, I, I remember a time when I would see employees who would put all their money in their company stock. And I was never a big fan of that, especially when that company stock went from $65 a share to eight bucks a share in 2008, 2009. So I'll take a target date fund over not being diversified. But when we work with clients, we actually like to help them build the portfolio themselves, actually have them have their own target date fund specifically customized to them, because that way it'll be a little bit more efficient. I find most target date funds tend to ignore some very important asset classes, things like value stocks, small value stocks, emerging market stocks. And these funds or these investments are often available in the plan, but the target date fund just doesn't have them in them. So just be a little bit mindful about that. Contribution amounts, I get a lot of questions about that. Should I max out? In theory, maxing out is a good idea simply because of the fact that the money that goes into the 401k plan is not going to get taxed until you pull the money out. But very often I've seen people be so good at this that when they get to be in their mid-50s, there's actually too much money in the 401k. And I say that because when they retire, they will have to pay tax on that money. And it's very probable that the withdrawals that they'll be pulling from that will also force them to pay tax on their social security benefits. I prefer a more balanced approach. If you're going to max out, take a look and see if your plan offers a Roth 401k option. Because in a perfect world, I'd actually like you to put it 50-50. Put some in the, in the Roth and put some in the traditional. This is if you're just getting started. If you've uh, been putting only money in the traditional for a long, long time, start putting money in the Roth. Now, when you do that, your taxes will go up. I had a client reach out to me just the other day, say, whoa, I had this big tax bill. Why? 
said, well, you remember, we switched it over. We switched it over from traditional to Roth. And he was like, oh, that's right, I forgot. So you are gonna pay more tax now, but the idea here is when you retire, you're gonna have this account of tax-free money because the money that sits in the Roth account can grow and it does not get taxed. And not only does it not get taxed, but withdrawals that are made from the Roth do not affect the taxation of your Social Security benefits. So that's a real nice feature that they have. The idea here then is you're gonna pay the tax now versus later, whereas the traditional is, I won't pay it now, I'll pay it later. In this case with the Roth, you're gonna pay it now, but you'll be tax-free. The answer is have some balance. Have some balance in your plan. So 401ks are a huge part for how most people are gonna plan for the retirement. And I don't see that changing. Just remember the onus is on you to do it right. And if you're not sure how to do it, please get help. You can call my office anytime, 513-563-7526. That's 513-563, the word plan. You can also email me, dan at matsonandcapril.com. Me and my team will be more than happy to sit down with you, talk to you, give you some insights on your plan, give you um, an idea on how to work it so that you're making the right decisions and you don't find out years later that you've made a very painful decision that you could have avoided. So I hope you find that helpful. 401k plans, big part of what we do. And it's a big part of what you need to do and you need to do it right. So until next week's show, this is Dan Caprell. I want to thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Caprill or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.